This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. What happens when you're a head coach 19 games into a young NHL season and your team is 7-9-3? Most of the time they don't show up. They don't act like they want to play for you. And you have no clue at what's going on. When they ask you questions during the post-game interview, such as, Mike, what's wrong with this team? What needs to be fixed? And you say time and time again, I don't know. What happens is you end up getting fired, and that's exactly what happened to Mike Yo. I'm of the belief they should have never hired him. When this happened, I said they should have never hired him. Based on what type of coach he was, based on what happened with Minnesota, based on what I had heard, from several players that played for him. The Blues brought him into a bad situation, which was Coach Hitchcock wanted to coach for one more year, and then he was going to retire. Well, the Blues thought, well, we'll go ahead and let him coach one last year, regardless of the fact that he should have been fired after the previous year. Not only do they bring back Coach Hitch, they tell you that Mike Yo is the heir apparent. He's the assistant head coach. I knew that wasn't going to work out. And I knew Mike Yo wasn't going to work out. Nothing against the guy. I just don't think he's a good NHL head coach. And now, just a little under two years later, he's gone. So where do the Blues go from here? Well, they named Craig Beribe their interim head coach. And Doug Armstrong stressed this interim. Doug has said he thinks it's going to take three to four weeks to bring in a coach. Now, I'm going to get more into this at the end of this podcast because I want to go over the highlights or lowlights of the Blues versus the Kings where the Blues were shut out for the third time in four games, and they were shut out by the worst team in the league. Yes, Peterson played very good for the Kings in goal, but the Blues had opportunities where they should have scored and could have scored. So let's go ahead and get into the lowlights of the game with the Kings. As this is swatted out of the zone by Carl Haglin, here's Luff looking for his first, scores! Matt Luff! First NHL goal, and the Kings have the lead. What's Luff got to do with it? He has a lot to do with it here. But the breakout, how it happened? It's King's zone where it starts. Cleanly won faceoff along the boards, chip, then all the way across. Jake Allen doesn't get a chance to come out. As I stated earlier, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this Kings game. I am going to go over some of the goals. Matt Luff gets his first goal. That goal was in the second period. The first period was scoreless, of course. Blues had some spots where they put some pressure on Peterson, but he stood tall. The Blues outshot him 11-7 to in the first, but the Kings outshot the Blues 12-6 to in the second. That goal by Luff would be his first of the year. Kempe gets his third assist. Haglin gets his third assist. Eight minutes, 18 seconds in. The Kings are up one to nothing. Going into the third period, the Blues are still in the game, regardless of how bad they played. And trust me, they played really, really bad. The only other scoring would be a late, late goal by Anze Kopitar, an empty net goal after the Blues pulled Jake Allen. That would be a sixth goal of the year. Brown gets his fourth assist. Dowdy gets his tenth assist. 19 minutes, 30 seconds in. And it's a two to nothing win for the Kings. Let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. Shots on goal, 27 for the Kings, 29 for the Blues. The Blues were 
decimated in the face-off circle where they were just destroyed from one of the few times this year that's happened. 62% for the Kings on face-offs, 38 for the Blues. Blues had two power play opportunities. And what was a strength at the beginning of the year has not been very good. I think they are now 0 for 16 or 17. I might be wrong. I might be a couple opportunities off. But the Kings didn't have any power plays. Penalty minutes, Kings, of course, got four. Hits the Blues had 17, the Kings 28. Blocks were pretty even in favor of the Blues, 14 to 3. Giveaways, the Blues had 10, and the Kings had 6. Let's go ahead and get into the post-game interviews, which the players at this time do not know that Coach Mike is going to be fired. Let's hear from Tarasenko and Petrangelo, and then we're going to hear from Coach Mike, his last post-game interview with the Blues. I don't know what is it like. We have a lot of chances, you know. You can see this from upstairs too. And chances comes off of hard work. It's not like fancy chances or like good plays. But you know, we need to find a way to put it through. It's hard to win when we don't score goals. It's just like our, our goal is play great now, and you know, we don't. I don't know what is it. Like I have no words. You know, we're trying hard. I think too, maybe too hard sometimes. To make it extra frustrating because it looks like the defense is pretty much fixed. I mean, you guys are playing good defense here for a while. I mean, it seems like people play for each other here. People block shots and when they need to. And uh, we tr I think we're playing uh, better on the defense. But like you said, scoring is everything in this league. And especially on the power plate, we need to do maybe play a little bit easier, you know, get more shots on net and, uh, you know, get more in front of the goalie and try to score. You know, dirty goals if we can score after plays and after rush. Uh, we just need to find a way to do this because if we don't do this, it's just zero in every game. It's really frustrated and it's in everybody's head over here. How much are you missing the, the injured guys that are out? Yeah, obviously, like in this team, there was times where a lot of guys injured and now this too. And uh, of course, we miss them. They're all great players and they help the team a lot. But, you know, what else we can do? It's, uh, you know, it's time like part of our career and we feel bad for injured guys, but you know, we need to go out and like I said, find a ways to put it in without them because nothing we can do else, nothing else we can do. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, we had some good luck, especially, <coughs> excuse me, there at the end, but uh, gotta find a way to score. You can't win hockey games without scoring goals. Alex, yeah. were there too many stretches in that game where it just didn't seem like you guys were in any kind of a uh, rhythm out there? Just uh, I don't think there's a lot of rhythm in general. I don't think they had a whole lot of rhythm either. I mean, uh, those are the games again. You got to find a way to score goals. We had 30 shots. We had chances. Uh, can't win without scoring. Are guys just thinking about it a little too much right now when you go through stretches like this? Or? Yeah, I think so. Myself included. I think we just got to simplify, get pucks there, and um, we'll get we'll get some bounces if we start going on it. I was asking Tyler that you know when, when those shots are coming in from the point. Uh, you feel like you know guys are making that concerted effort to get to the net and get those uh, loose we, pucks. We got to get there. It's our job to maybe wait half a second, a little bit longer, find sticks. Um, it's tough to get to the net. You know, everyone's strong and boxes out now, so it's our job to find the sticks. But I do think we need to get there too. So it's not just on the forwards; it's on us too to make sure we find them. Missing all these injured players, how much does that factor into it? Well, you're missing some key guys, but um, everyone's at this level for a reason. They can all score. They've all been able to make plays throughout their career. So we got to find a way to score. So make it doubly frustrating because it looks like you've fixed the defense. Yeah, we're not giving up much. I don't think we gave. I don't think they had a whole lot tonight. Jake made the saves that he needed to make. Um, it is um, obviously you don't want to uh, not score, but again, if we're not giving anything up, we'll find a way to get some goals in. Alex, Alex on the one play, what did that puck just kind of get 
tangled up in your skates or? Uh, yeah, just trying to hold the blue line. I think a few of us were. Um, that was a good pass and shot by their guy, but again, that stuff's going to happen. How do you think this looks? I mean, a loss on home ice, the last place team in the league. I know you've had some tough well, losses. It's got to be a harder place to play. I mean, I thought we did limit them pretty good tonight, but we got to find a win, win games at home because come second half of the year, we're gone a lot, and it's not easy when you're gone for those long stretches. Where's this put you? I mean, lost tonight, now you got a gauntlet coming up here. Well, this is the time to win some games and string them together. It's now because there's some pretty good opponents, so we got to be ready. Does scoring become a mental thing after a while? Uh, I don't know. We can't. We can't. We can't allow that to, you know, to try to get into our heads or think about that. We just got to find a way. That's what that's what we got to do. And uh, it's frustrating. It's it's uh, it's maddening because we can't seem to put it all together at the same time right now. We do it, you know, the odd game, but um, you know, early in the year we're scoring goals and defensive game wasn't there. We clean up our defensive game, and now we're not scoring the goals. And so um, now we've got to put it all together. Do you think you had enough scoring chances? Do you have some good quality chances tonight? Well, we, never enough when you don't score any goals. Uh, and I don't I asked what the chances were. We figured out we were around the 14 mark or something like that. And usually that's enough to score a goal. But again, to score goals, it's this, you know, what we've seen and we've talked about it. I thought we did a great job of it against Vegas. And, and since then, we're leaking away from the net again, and uh, and we're we're being kept to the outside. We're looking for the easy ice, and and uh, you know I think we saw the desperation to get to the net with about five minutes late, but uh, left. But that's that's too late. Well, I think you you know that as a player you you think you need the the puck to score a goal and so if you want the puck it's it's easy to go to the the ice that's available a team's going to protect the middle the league has become tighter uh, we said this it's harder to score goals right now because teams are better on the inside of the ice um, you know, I, I still think that we're forcing plays in the offensive zone, which is, leads to too much one and done. Uh, I think that we're we're taking the easy ice, which leads to, um, you know, not really any, uh, not being a threat. Or if we do get pucks in that, uh, not making things challenging enough on the goalie. So we've got to uh, we've got to fix that. Is there something to be said just for putting it on net? It seems like there are a lot of yep. trying to make a perfect pass. Well, putting it on net, I, I I do think that we're missing that too much right now. Uh, maybe that's where the mental part comes in. We just got to make sure you hit the net and bear down on that. Uh, but absolutely, but creating pucks, that's how we generated our, our, our second power play in the game. Uh, another issue is that we're not generating enough power plays, but that was really it. That was the mindset, throwing pucks, throwing bodies, uh, creating chaos, and and, uh, and really just desperation around that area. Like I know that every team in the league can compete. It's a parity league, but yeah. you know, losses to well, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating. It's disappointing losing this game at home. It's uh, you want to bounce back after last game, and um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, parody aside, we you want to win every game. It sucks when you lose. That's for sure. And uh, and so it's disappointing not to get this one tonight. You mentioned this morning that this was with all of the guys out. That this was a chance for maybe some veterans to step up, and also for younger guys to take advantage of the opportunities. Just not there tonight. <clears throat> wasn't there offensively <coughs> excuse me um, again this 
it's about winning games, especially for us right now. And uh, and so to, to say we generate some chances, it's not good enough. To, to say some guys play decent, we've got to find a way. And we've got to find a way to make a play. You've got to find a way to capitalize on that power play. You've got to find a way um, to score with a goalie out, whatever it is. Uh, you know, we're just not doing that right now. Mike, what do you see what you have coming up here through this week? And what do you try to do? How many more things can you do differently? Well, we'll we'll look at the tape. I'm, we've been bouncing the lines around a lot. I don't know that's going to change a whole lot. You know, we'll, we'll try a couple different. Uh, you know, we'll try. I'm sure a couple different looks there next game. Whether it's in the power play, whether it's uh, five on five, you can try to mix things up there a little bit. Uh, we can look at a little bit of video. Um, you have to make sure that we don't slip away from the defensive game, but offensively, I, I feel like we can execute better to get up the ice, to be more of a threat, to be quicker, um, to maybe get our D more involved. Uh, I think in the offensive zone, maybe we can get our D a little bit more involved. But again, it, it, teams are defending all that stuff right now. You've got to find a way to get some traffic around the net and uh, and create off that as well. I thought that in the offensive zone for us, they, that's where they did a good job. I thought the hitting that was a factor. I thought they they had some big heavy bodies and they pinned us and 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 with that you've got to you've got to fight through that. You've got to roll to the inside. Their box outs were good and uh, and you've got to fight through that as well. I know that uh, probably a lot about what's going on bothers you, but you know the fact that when you come off the ice, it doesn't feel like you left it out there. Is that? Well, everything bothers me right now. And so I don't know if, if leaving it, I don't think we left our best game out there. I don't know that effort was, was the, the issue here. I think, you know, working with a, a, a more direct focus, that's that's a different story. You guys are working hard, but, you, you know, because you're on the outside doesn't necessarily mean that you're working hard. It's just a, a, a different work ethic. Uh, again, you don't, you don't, you don't give up one goal if you're not working hard. Uh, and we didn't give up a lot of chances tonight. thought Jake was good when we need him to be. Uh, the work ethic was there. Execution and uh, a hunger to get to the inside, I'd say that that was lacking. I do agree with Tarasenko that everybody needs to work harder. But one area I don't agree with him is that everybody's working hard every night. Anybody that watches his team, and including the players that are working hard, can see that some guys are not working hard every night. Because if they were working hard every night, like Vladimir says they are, Mike Hill probably would not be fired right now. The Blues wouldn't be 7-9-3. This team has not worked hard in every single game. There were spots in the Kings game where I thought they worked hard. But for the most part, I don't see the full team effort in every single game. Some games, yes. Other games, no. Earlier in the post-game interviews with the players, they said that uh, they need to get more shots on the net. No, I think they need to get better shots on the net. They need to get closer shots on the net. 35, 40-foot shots are not going to get you a lot of goals most of the time. Sometimes it will. Sometimes there's a deflection. Don't get me wrong. It, it, that does work sometimes. But when other teams come in and notice that's all you're doing, they're going to put pressure on you to keep you out of the middle of the ice in the offensive zone and close to the net because they know you're not going to work hard to try to get that puck in. You're going to keep dumping it in. You're not going to keep bringing it over the line. And the Blues have done that a lot this year with the old dump and chase. Dump and chase will get you some goals every now and again. It, it will. If you beat a guy to a puck, if you work harder than him, you get in, you get to the puck, you may be able to find somebody open merging into the offensive zone. But dumping and chasing 70, 80% of the time normally does not amount to a ton of goals. 
I think this team really needs to change things up. I wouldn't say I'm sad to see Mike Yo go, because as you guys know from the beginning of this podcast, I thought it was a bad idea to hire him. I think the whole situation with Coach Hitch was bad. Now, before I say any more on this team and how they move forward and the naming of Craig Berube as the interim head coach, let's get to the players' interviews yesterday when they found out that Coach Mike had been let go. You feel for a guy that really worked so hard and then just the season kind of ends right there. So, um, again, uh, it's going to happen to all of us at one point uh, in our career where uh, you get moved or whatever, but it's, it's never fun to hear. And uh, it's tough moving on, but I thought we had a good practice and it was high pace and uh, execution was good. That's something we have to, to focus more and uh, obviously uh, lack, lack of uh, scoring goals right now. So starts in practice. You signed here as a free agent, so obviously you had faith in yeah. the potential of this hockey team. What's holding you back right now? Yeah, I mean, I still do. It's uh, it's the main reason why I resigned here. I got so close to it last year that uh, the situation that I was going to choose, I wanted it to be good for my family, but also be good for the hockey side that when you have fun every single day at the rink, you don't even worry about anything else. You just come in with a big smile on your face, and right now it's it's not as, uh, as good as you'd like it to be, obviously, and we're still uh, lucky to do what we do, but we can definitely up our level. And um, I think we need to, to bring some passion back in our game and, and, and some swagger back in our game and kind of enjoying that part. And obviously that comes with winning, but uh, we can um, make sure we go on the ice, do the right things, but uh, also enjoy what we're doing. What are your impressions of Craig as a, as a coach? Yeah, he's, I mean, I, I got to know him uh, from the start of the season, and he's been great. He's, he, he wants uh, guys to work hard. and and do the right thing, and uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be great. I think he's uh, he's a guy that, that's going to um, challenge uh, guys in different situations and make sure that we're accountable, and uh, you can always see it as an assistant coach. I, I'm sure he's going to uh, up that part of his uh, of his uh, coaching. Uh, it's not an easy thing to go through. How close were you, Mike, both, both on and off the ice? Well, yeah, you develop a relationship, obviously. Um, prior to him becoming the head coach, and then he is, and then in my role, obviously, you have to have a relationship, and um, it's a tough part of the business, you know, you feel like you let him down, and he's paying for the fact that we're not playing up to our standards. Alex, as a player, you say you feel like you, you let the coach down, in what ways, and, and what needs to change now moving forward? Well, you got to play better. Look, I mean, look where we are in the standings, so it's it's on us to show uh, that we got more in here. Initial thought is, you know, it's on us players in the locker room. Obviously, he takes the fall for it, but uh, at the end of the day, it's that's all on us in here. Um, it's us in, in here, the core players in the in the locker room. Um, you know, haven't got the job done um, thus far. So um, there's one guy really that's only been going for us, and that's uh, you know. Obviously, guys have had their spurts and moments, but we've only really had, you know, a couple of consistent players throughout the whole year. So, um, you know, Chief coming in, um, you know, had him before. He's going to demand a lot. Um, you know, likes to play an up-tempo style of game, uh, holds guys accountable, and uh, you know, uh, we need that in this locker room. What should your teammates expect? From Craig, you said you've had him before. He was your head coach, I mean, obviously in Philly. Yeah, I've had him before, guys. Had him in Chicago there. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, he likes a simple game, hard game. He wants guys to compete, to work. Um, you know, play, bring passion every night. Um, you know, end of the day, if you if you bring that, you're going to give yourself a good chance to win. Um, obviously, there's a system in place, um, but before even that all happens, you need to be able to come to the rink and, and you know, putting about you know, your best foot forward each night. And, and he's going to bring that out of most guys. I am very glad to hear 
how the players are taking some responsibility. And I love the fact that David Perron came here because he thought he was going to win. I'm sure he had other offers. In fact, I know he had another offer. I don't remember which team it was from for a little more money. But he came back to St. Louis because he loves it here. His family loves it here. But one of the main reasons was he thought he would be able to compete for a cup. And I think most people thought this team was talented enough to do it. This team needs to work harder. And that's what it comes down to. I like to blame Mike Yo a lot. Yeah. But it's not just the coach. The coach always gets the shaft. A coach can put in a good system. And if the players don't play for him, whether it's his personality, whether they don't like the system, whether they don't believe in it, they're not going to win. And I think there was a lot of all those things involved with this team and Mike Yo. I wish Mike Yo the best. People I know that know him say he's a super nice guy. I'm sure he'll find an assistant coaching job somewhere. I think most people in St. Louis do wish him the best. But when a team doesn't perform, it comes down to the coach or the general manager. And we're going to find out really what these players are made of. Craig Berube is a very similar coach to Mike Yo. In their 10 years as NHL head coaches, Mike Yo had a 567 winning percentage. Craig Berube had a 553. These guys weren't tearing up the league even before they came to St. Louis. Do I expect Coach Berube to make this team maybe have a little bit more heart and to put more effort into it? Yeah, I think the Blues will probably do that for him. Uh, Because if a coach coming in, whether he's an interim coach or whatever, if he can't make some change in this team, some players are going to have to go. And I'd hate to see that, but it may come down to that, regardless of who comes in to replace Berube as the full-time head coach. Let's go ahead and get into the press conference where Doug Armstrong announced the firing of Coach Mike and the introduction of Craig Berube as the interim head coach. Uh, no, it's obviously an uncomfortable day for, for myself and the organization. A difficult decision was made last night to relieve Mike Yo of his head coaching duties. Uh, you, you never make these decisions in a vacuum or, or quickly, and it was just something that uh, that I felt and, and shared with ownership that it was time to, to, to make a change to see what we can accomplish for this season. With that being said, I'm excited to work with Craig. Craig's uh, career speaks for itself as a player. He's put his time in as a NHL uh, head coach before. He's worked in our organization with some of our younger players. Uh, he's in tune with today's game. He's in tune with today's athlete, and uh, I'm excited to work with him on an interim basis. Uh, you know, and and I thank him for for being a total team player and grabbing the rope uh, when I asked him last night in a very uncomfortable time for him and, and the organization. So, uh, Craig, uh, thank you for that, and I, I look forward to working with you. Uh, I think the easiest way for today to, to move is I'll let uh, Craig say a few words. You can ask him some questions. He has a day job he has to get to here of practice, so uh, I'll let him after go to practice, then I'll answer any other questions you may have on uh, on on anything related to St. Louis Blue. I'll just, it's a difficult time for sure. Um, Mike's a good friend of mine and uh, loved working with him, coaching with him, so it's tough. Um, but we've got to move forward here and we've got to get better, and that's the plan, so. Great. How do you get that? <laughs> we're working on that, you know. We got we got ideas. We're working on it right now, so we got to uh, definitely got to instill some confidence back in this hockey team. It's a good hockey team. We got good players, 
and we got to get moving in the right direction. Craig, you've been in that locker room with the players. Why do you feel like up to this point, nothing's been able to gel, nothing's worked so far? Well, I don't think it's nothing's worked or nothing's gelled. It's inconsistent. You know, I think uh, there's been times where it's looked really good, and we don't get that on a consistent basis. So that's definitely something we got to, you know, figure out. Craig, you look at this team needing massive adjustments, changes. I mean, how do you look at it in terms of taking a hold of things moving forward? Well, again, I don't think it, you know, it's nothing massive. Um, it's tweaks here and there. And again, I'll, I'll bring it up again. We got to instill confidence back in this hockey team. Well, demands. We got. We're going to demand. We're going to be a demanding coaching group, and uh, starts in practice. Craig, can you describe uh, your strategy towards getting accountability out of all the players? Well, I, I don't. Know if there's a strategy to it. It's just holding players accountable. It's. It starts in practice again. You know, it's being ready to practice and practicing hard and doing things right in practice and demanding it in practice and it. It carries over to the game. Craig, you talked about getting their confidence back. I mean, this is a good team at the start of the season, but it didn't seem to have that type of confidence that you'd expect. Why don't you think it was there? Well, I'm not sure it wasn't there in the beginning of the season. I think that um, early on in the season, we played some pretty good hockey and ended up losing on the losing side of things. And that wears on players a lot of times. Um, and it can go the other way then, right? So we just got to get that confidence back and build them back up. And like, again, it starts in practice. It starts with demands. And uh, that's what we got to go. That's what we got to do. Craig, last four games have been tough scoring. Any immediate tweaks you see or want to implement to try to get that going here? Yeah, we're, we're talking about that again. It's just, it's quick here. So we're working on that and talking with the coaching staff about some things. Everybody uh, in their second go-round learned something from their first. What makes you a different coach now than the head coach that was in Philadelphia? Um, I'm, I'm obviously older and been around more and, uh, you know, work with some different people. And you just, along the way, you just learn new things and the game's changing and, you know, you change with it. And I think that's the biggest thing. There's not one thing I can point out to that makes me a better coach today. Um, it's just learning along the way. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, just I'll make a couple more statements. Uh, uh, I want to thank Mike Yo for his time uh, with the Blues. Um, guy got to know Mike and his family well, and and that's the difficult part of this. Uh, you you start out as coworkers, then you become friends, and then you have to go back to coworkers, and that that was the this the. Talk I had with him last night, uh, telling him that we had to make a change. Uh, my experiences being where he was sitting. Uh, as soon as you hear that information, your mind starts to to move quickly. Talking, I got to talk to my wife. I got to talk to my kids. And so Mike and I, I have plans to get with Mike later in the next week or two to go over and thank him personally and and uh, reassure him that uh, you know he was the uh, he's paying for the sins of the of myself and the entire organization and uh it's very unfortunate also larry robinson is going to jump in on craig's staff uh, for the next uh foreseeable future meaning probably three weeks to a month um, i'm excited about uh, steve ott and mike van ryan 
uh, but they're very young and uh, inexperienced with as far as being on NHL staff. I think having Larry come in to to give Craig some someone to talk to that been there done that is going to be good for him. And in that process, Craig and I will uh, will talk about maybe some p- people that potentially can come in and uh, and work with him uh, until we decide which way we're going to go as far as the the head coach uh, the permanent head coach. Uh, I think those are the two or three things I really wanted to say, and it's probably easy to open up to questions you may have uh, now. So, and if you don't have any, I'm good too. Why don't you think it worked? You know, ultimately it comes back to to our our, our record. Uh, I thought when he came in, uh, he was able to to gel the team and we went on a nice run. We won a playoff round. We had a good feeling about ourselves. That carried over into the first 25 games of the next season. Uh, we were, uh, you know, a top three or four team in the league, feeling good about ourselves. Everything was, was going well. Uh, then we hit, a, we hit a rut in December, January, and quite honestly, we haven't got out of it. Uh, if you look at our, our record since December 1st of of 17, we're about a 500 hockey team. And that's, you know, I, that's not good enough in today's NHL. Uh, and as I said, Mike is paying for, for sins of a collective group. Uh, it's not all on Mike, but ultimately, as the head coach, you're, you're responsible to, to get the team to play at a level. Uh, I thought we made some changes this summer that was would, would put us in a different spot than we are at this time. Uh, we haven't had consistent play from our, from our top players. That that goes without saying. Uh, and and the NHL is a it's a it's a top player league. Uh, your if your top players are, are playing at their best on a consistent basis, you usually have success. And and we've had uh, ebbs and flows from our from our from our core group of players uh, that that has, has had an effect. I think you just look at the plus minus of our of our core group of players, and that that'll. That'll give you an indication that we're not playing well enough five on five. And early in the season, when you look at our our, our goal scoring was was near the top of the league. A lot of it was power play driven, uh, but our five on five play wasn't good enough. And uh, you know, when the power play dries up, you still have to be able to produce, and, and we haven't been able to do that. One of the areas I think of concern is that over the last five or six games, we we don't play competitively enough to draw penalties. You get one or two, zero. It, 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 that's not an indication on the, on the NHL putting their whistles away. That's the indication of us not going into the areas to make other teams defend us illegally. Uh, so um, that's how I f- I'm not really sure. I, I, that took that a, a different direction. But <laughs> you said that uh, Mike is paying for the sins of you and the organization. What are the sins that you've committed? We're not good enough. Uh, as, as a general manager, uh, uh, the, the, the wins and losses fall on, on hockey operations. And as the president of hockey operations uh, and the general manager of the team, there, there's things that, that need to be addressed. And uh, uh, we've, we've stayed patient with a core group of players. Uh, and that patience now is, is, is at its thinnest point. Players will be held accountable. I'm not firing another coach, yet here we are today. Have those players been held accountable? 
That's why I hate having these press conferences. <laughs> you guys got good memories. Uh, yeah, we. I, everything you've said is correct. Uh, I don't remember saying that, but if I did, I, I did. And uh, as I said, the 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 core groups equity built up is gone. That that's what I have to say. And. I guess I could say it again that uh, the next permanent head coach, if we're having this conversation, there'll be core players gone. Uh, but I guess if I've said that once, I wouldn't believe it either. But <laughs> I, I truly believe at this time is that we've we we transferred into a to a different group. Uh, that group isn't three people. That group's eight or nine people, in my opinion, and they have to they have to get us out of this. That's. You know, again, I, I spend time with Mike. I spend time with Dave Taylor, Al McGinnis, uh, people that I really trust. And the message of the game plan that Mike shared with us sounded sounded appropriate, sounded it fit our our style of play, sounded it fit like our our personnel. But we didn't see it on a consistent basis. And um, as I said, ultimately, the head coach is responsible for that. But I think it. It, it goes much deeper than that, and, and uh, we need our best players to be our best players on a much more consistent basis. How would you describe Craig's job security moving forward? I mean, if they play well, does he have a, a legitimate chance to become the permanent head coach? Yeah, I would say the coaching, the interim tag is, is, is based on a decision made last night. Uh, he did a very good job with our, with our American Hockey League affiliate. Uh, he's got experience. Uh, he's going to be given that opportunity. But as a manager, you have to multitask. Uh, I'm going to throw my full support behind Craig and his staff right now as, as we try and uh, cauterize the wound and get back into the playoff pitcher. Uh, by doing that, though, we're, we're going to uh, start the process of putting a list together of, of, of head coaches. Uh, there's going to be experienced head coaches on that list. There's going to be European head coaches on that list. There's going to be college head coaches on that list, major junior head. We're, we're not, we're not going to to minimize or, or limit the scope that we're going to look at, uh, but it's not something that's going to be done over the next day or two. This is going to be a, a process that we're going to to look hard and, and and be thorough on, and and doing that, we're going to support Craig and his staff. And and you 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 would love to have a situation uh, where where enough is enough for our core group, and and they take charge of this team. And Craig is at the helm of that, and we have great success, and we move forward together. Doug, do you see a scenario where you would, you would hire a permanent coach in season before the season's over? Is that possible? It's possible. Uh, I'm not sure if it's probable, but it's possible. Um, you know, as I said, we're, we're going to have to multitask, and, and uh, it's not probably something that, that people are going to want to hear, but. Uh, after after this press conference is over, that's the last time we're going to be talking about uh, the permanent head coach until <laughs> until he's sitting beside here uh, up here announcing him. It's not something that we're going to give updates on on how the search is going or where you're at in the process. It's unfair to the team. This team's job is to win hockey games, and my job is to support this team. Can you talk about the timing of the change? Was it something you considered in last night? You saw something in the game. Yeah, I think the you. You want to be supportive of, of the group. You know, early in the year we, you know, we, we were scoring goals but not defending well. Now we're defending well and not scoring. Uh, it wasn't something you want to make a knee-jerk jerk reaction on. Uh, 
the home last home stand was was big for us. You know, uh, we had an opportunity to go five and two. Uh, we walk out of that four and three. But you 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 say as a manager, all right, one more, one more, and then we obviously been shut out three of the last four games and lost four of the last five. And and at some point, you have to make the decision you don't want to make, and that was last night. In your sport, more than the other three pro sports, captaincy and leadership, the captain position is more important. It seems. Can you describe what you've gotten out of your captain and leader yeah I would say that that I I would think that is not the case as much as it maybe was in the past I think that uh, our sport has gone to leadership groups uh, and and we're we're not at the forefront of it but we're also we're, we're in with the masses I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs a, a top team uh, they've got top end players former captains they've decided to go with all A's uh, and and Certainly not going to remove remove letters from this group, but ultimately it's not a it's not a one man show. Uh, maybe if you have a Mark Messi, maybe if you had a generational leader, uh, and that's nothing against Petro, but uh, it one maybe one guy can can corral the whole group. I just don't think that that that's the reality of today's sport. There's so much change in in, in staffing, uh, player staffing. Um, that it's, I, I think you need a, you need, you need a pack mentality of leadership and, and that goes, goes more to a core group than just a, a one, one or three individuals. I think our leadership group is much, much deeper, uh, than, than just the three guys and, and they should be all held accountable as those three guys are. Yeah. How would you grade the leadership group thus far this season? Well, obviously below average. Army, understanding everything that you just said about making the decision, waiting through the homestand, seeing if it would get better. How did you weigh the decision of perhaps waiting too long to make it, not giving yourself enough season left? Yeah, I, I think th that's the balancing act, and and that's the you know I, I obviously I feel we can make the playoffs. I, I feel that uh, uh, doing it today gives us that opportunity. I was hoping that we would have would have responded with a win last night, and then carried that into. To, to playing Nashville and grabbing that one, coming home, grabbing a couple of home wins, and then we're up and running. It didn't happen that way. We made the change. And I think one of the things that, that is concerning is our is our home record. And I, I go back to the what got my attention for our group was the last two home games last year when we had put ourselves in a position to, to solidify a playoff spot. Uh, and... We lost to a Chicago team that, that was really wasn't playing for much. We lost to a Washington team that had just clinched everything they could clinch the night before in Pittsburgh and was tired. Uh, and then it it flowed into this year. Our home record isn't nearly 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 something that, that we can we can accept. You know, to, the natural the natural thing as a as a St. Louisan is that. It's a blue-collar town, and, and and we have a good corporate base, but a lot of our fans are, are workers, and they, you know, it, it's not, uh, you know, it it, it takes, takes a commitment to come to a Blues game, and we need to send them home happier than we're sending them home, and, and with a greater effort. I watched uh, the Edmonton-Calgary game the other night, a divisional game, the Battle of Alberta, the raw emotion that was in that, and then I see us play Chicago, and I don't see that same raw emotion, uh, and it's it's concerning. And 
we need to make this a, a much more difficult place to play in, and uh, that, that starts with our, with our core group demanding it of, of, of each other. Yeah, uh, I'll t how's he feeling? He's just—he's angry. Uh, not not angry in, uh, not angry at any one individual. He's angry. Uh, he's a fan. Like he, <laughs> I talk about uh, the blue collar people that come to our game. You know, he might be white collar, but he's a blue collar fan, <laughs> and and uh, he he loves the game and he gets angry when we don't play well and. Uh, and it's a good anger. It's not. It's not venting. Uh, uh, so he's disappointed where we're at. He's a. He. We we walk through the process of why where we're at. We talk on a daily or every other day basis. So it's not something that it. Uh, I hadn't talked to him since training camp when I called him at the second period last night. You know. <laughs> uh, so, but he, he's disappointed. He's supportive of what we want to do. He also believes that that. Mike is paying for sins that uh, aren't aren't his, just his own, uh, and he's obviously said if if this group isn't the right group, I need you to do your job. There's a lot of talk in this town about free agency in reference to baseball players. There's a free agency in reference to available coaches right now in your sport. Can you talk about the uh, the intensity towards uh, a particular? <laughs> Well, anyone that's not working is probably free, but uh, yeah, we're we're our 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 net is wide. Uh, there's experienced coaches, uh, not just probably the one that you're referring to, but there's some other ones that have had a lot of success that we're going to uh, put on our our to-do list uh, and and go through the proper channels to to make uh, contact. And again, I'm not. This isn't just any one individual. Uh, this this is a group. This is going to be a group of coaches that we're going to we're going to see if uh, if they fit uh, if we fit their criteria and if they fit our criteria. I'm not going to talk about any one individual. I, mean, I want to go back to the, the, the core group, and we all talk about the lines, But are you comfortable with that core group's ability to hold the the 24 guys accountable? Somebody within that group in the room. Well, I I would say. That the equity of comfort or the equity is, is has evaporated now. It's it's no longer relevant what I feel. It's what they do. Army, do you like the experience and youth balance that you have on the roster right now? Do you see yourself shifting more to younger players and giving them more opportunities? How, how do you see that playing out? Well, at the end of the day, it's a winning business, and Craig has to put on the the players that he believes are are, are going to give us the best uh, opportunity to win. I think what you don't want to do is play players for what they've done in the past. You have to play players for what they're doing today, and uh, but that's his responsibility. He has to he has to to feel his way through that process and decide which ones warrant the ice time and which ones don't. But it's it's a changing game, and I you know I I look at I look at our group in, in three categories. You have your your inexperienced player, your core group, and your veteran players. Uh, I think the core players have to be able to pull the inexperienced players around, uh, and the inexperienced players are, are Zach Sanford, our Barbashev, our uh, Robbie Fabry because of lack of play, Robert Thomas, 
these guys need these guys need someone to to lead them and that comes from the core group and the vets have earned the right to support the core group they don't have to they don't have to be at the front demanding they're going to support that core group and so it, again it comes down to seven or eight guys and of of making sure that the young guys are held accountable and doing what's proper that the the veteran players can just come out and play their games they've they've done their work the veteran players Well, I mean, we we've had a lot of discussions prior to today uh, on, on on trying to improve our team, and uh, that 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 will continue. I don't think there's a there's a a drop dead date that if there'll be seven guys gone if something doesn't happen by date X. Uh, it's just something that we need we need we need to continue to improve on, and uh, you know, players have decisions to make. Uh, over the next few years, and we have decisions to make over the next few years. How frustrating is it for you to to hear players after pretty much every loss say we got out work? Yeah, that that is frustrating. That that's something that uh, that you would think is a non-negotiable trait. Not not for a coach. The the coach never walks in and says, "Okay, guys, like uh, I don't really want you to compete that hard tonight." Uh, he I think he just takes it for granted that they're going to be professional and come in and compete. So when they say that, they're, they're, they're talking about – when a player says that, he's talking about himself and his teammates. He's not talking about anything the coach did. It's disappointing. To answer your – it's very disappointing when, when work ethic is something that they question about themselves. Double should the expectations were so high for this, for this team. Uh, how do, you, do you think maybe the players and Mike didn't handle it well, especially after you had some early setbacks, you know, early losses? Yeah, I, I think that – that we probably are an emotional group. Uh, I think it, our highs are high and our lows are low and our consistency varies. Uh, you know, I, I try and come up with different analogies, most of them stupid, but I said to Mike, like, uh, we got to get to the top of Everest, but, but we can only go down to base camp three. We can't always go down to, the, to ground level zero and walk our way up. And, and that's what our team does. We're, our highs are good. When we play Toronto, we, we play very well, and it looks really good. Then we play Winnipeg, and it looks very good for two periods, and then it totally evaporates. And the good teams, the good teams' highs are highs, but the really good teams, the really good players, lows are high, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, again, it does in my convoluted mind. I might not be sharing it correctly, but I just think that we have to find a much more – consistent secondary game than, than we have right now. What's your thoughts on Jake Allen, how he's played? What, what have you seen from Jake? Uh, I, I would say I thought Jake started out playing well this year, but the record and, and the, the statistics that goaltenders are measured by were not good. The save percentage, the goals against. But we could have had Marty in his prime or Patrick Waugh those stats were going to be the same. When you're giving up three-on-ones and, and second chances and there's no uh, – the front of our net is, is like a 7-11. It's open all the time. Like, no, no one is going to – no one's going to be able to withstand that. Uh, and then I think that started to play in his mind. It started to play in all our minds. And then 
but the last four or five games, you know, you look at his save percentages, goals against average, it's been good. So I, I think, I think that's the that's the type of people we need to support more. And you know, Jake's going to have bad nights. We're all going to have bad nights. It's how quickly he 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 or 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 Johnson returned to a good night, and how quickly we give them the support to allow them return to a good night. You talk about the front of the net from the defensive end. Can you describe your what you what you desire, want, deserve out of the players in the front of the net? Yeah. Well, we have to play. We have to go into the greasier areas to score goals. When you get shut out three three times in four games, uh, it's an indication. When you don't get power plays and you and you don't score, it, it's it's the desire to play in the ugly and harder areas. I thought last night's game was a perfect example. We had probably six or seven unbelievably grade eight chances that the goaltender had to had to block, not stop. So the puck's lying there, and I don't think we got one second chance. So that means that that we're a one and done offense. We're not we're not going to go in and play in those greasy areas. We're not going to to make somebody haul us down because we're we're around and and we're pushing and prodding. And I don't really count at the end of games when that happens. The other team's playing not to get scored on, and you're throwing everything at at the net. That's or. Or really, the the San Jose game, you're down three nothing, and and you make your push. That's loser hockey. That's that's not that's not an indication of how the game went. Well, we out we out chanced them in the third period, and we outshot them. Uh, that that's good if it's if it's a tie game, or you're up a goal, or down by a goal. When you're down by three, the other team quits quits trying to score, and there's really I, I don't put a lot of stock in that part of the game. I, mean, I know it's. Uh... The concept I, I I thought was valid. Uh, it was the coaching waiting was was done because we had a coach that told me he wanted to coach one more year. I think we were coming off of a, a successful season. We went to the semifinals. I was looking for a continuation coach that could continue what that group had built. Hundred point seasons, you know, a good playoff run. Uh, I, I didn't really want to. I was hoping to to have a good season, build off that, have a coach there that could continue building on what we did. Uh, that group didn't get it done. We had to. We had to. The coach that wanted to coach one more year ended up coaching half a year here, and and we had to make that change. Mike came in, did a hell of a job, pushed us on. It made me feel that that was the right decision because he was able to get a group that I that I believed in at that time. You know, to go on a long run, to win a playoff round, to come out, to have a successful 25 games, the start of his his next tenure. Uh, so it it made sense at the time. It made sense for a portion of 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 uh, the work that was done. So the I stand by the logic, uh, but obviously, again, it, it, we're 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 not in a spot where we want to be right now, and and I. You know, it reflects on Mike Yo, but not. It shouldn't reflect solely on Mike Yo, and and it's not a referendum on his referendum on his ability to coach. I think again, he's paying for he's paying for sins. I know everybody noticed, but I just want to bring it up. How much Craig Berube talked about effort and accountability. That he wants to see a better effort, and he wants players to be accountable. 
I'm getting the feeling that maybe, and I might be wrong, that maybe the players weren't accountable to Coach Mike. Maybe he didn't hold them accountable. Because if you have a coach that puts in a system, the players aren't playing the system, he's not holding them accountable for not playing the system, you're going to have a team that's under 500, which is what the Blues were. So I really find that interesting that he brought that out, kept pounding in the effort, pounding in the accountability, and he admitted they don't have to tweak a lot. They don't have to change a lot. There's some things they're going to change, but it's nothing major, which tells me a lot of the accountability goes on the players. And uh, Mike Yo did suffer for it. I think Doug Armstrong's done a very good job over the last two years. Before that, he had some very bad contracts, kept some players he probably shouldn't have. And I honestly think if the Blues can't come out of this with a top coach, a coach the players can believe in, and a coach that can work with all different types of players and get the best out of everybody, and a coach that puts players in a position to succeed, Doug Armstrong's job may be on the line. Because as he said in that press conference, Mr. Stillman is a big, big fan. And I know for a fact he's not happy with the way this team is playing. And if they bring in another coach and he doesn't do well, I have a feeling that it may be a press conference saying that Doug Armstrong is being relieved of his duties. Not that I want that to happen, because I think in the last two years he's done a great, great job of bringing players in. But as he said, the coach is going to have to pay for some sins. Well, when that happens, and it continues to happen no matter what coach you bring in, The general manager has to pay for some sins. But like I said, I don't want that to happen, but it may happen. So it's going to be a very interesting rest of the season. It's going to be a very interesting offseason next season. Been getting a lot of emails about Coach Q, whether he's coming here or not. And I've stated several times my opinion. He would really like to take the rest of the year off. Unless a team really intrigues him and gives him a lot of money to coach this year. Could the Blues do that? Yes. A couple years ago, I'd say no. But I hope all you realize, Mr. Stillman wants to win badly. He's always spent up to the cap. And getting a coach in here that's going to cost him money, but is going to bring him what he wants, he will have no reservations doing it. So you people out there that think that he doesn't want to pay somebody, that's not true. If he finds the right person, it's a lower-end contract, $3, $4 million a year, that's great. I'm sure he'd be happy with that. But if he has to go out and pay $6.5 to $8 million for a Joel Quenville, and he feels he's getting the guy he needs, Mr. Stillman's going to do it. So don't doubt that at all. You can see what's happened over the last couple of years. Brought players in, took on a decent-sized contract with O'Reilly, uh, took on a decent contract with uh, Bozak, decent contract with uh, Perron, not a high contract, but a decent one. He wants to win badly. Watch him at a game. This man enjoys hockey. He wants the Blues to win badly. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this special episode of the Drop Podcast. It's been a long one. Thank you for staying with me. Don't forget to check out the Blues against the Predators tonight. Should be a good game. It's going to be a hard game. Am I expecting them to win? Probably not. Am I expecting them to give a better effort? Yes, I am. I'm expecting this team to come out and play better in this game than they have. If they lose this game, but just play their hearts out, hey, I'm fine with it. They really, really need to answer the bill. Because it's on them now. They got their coach fired. 
With that being said, I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Let's wish Coach Berube success in his interim coaching title. Let's wish Mike Yo success in his next position. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email The Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.